Do you have a hater? I mean, a certified hater who's made it their mission to make your life a hellish nightmare. What if you work with them? OMG, what you gonna do when they come for you? Listen, let's talk about that today on the What's My Story podcast. What's up? It's Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. And welcome back to another episode of the What's My Story podcast. Woo! It's been a minute since we've done this live. Did you miss me? I missed you. I did. I did. I did miss you. And uh, yeah, during that time, I would like to say I got my life together, but I didn't. <laughs> Just yet. But listen, I hope that you were able to dig into the older episodes and really get your fill of stories because we've got some new ones coming up. We've got a great one today. Great, fantastic episode with our guest. And I know that you are going to get a lot from his story because as we said at the beginning, if you've had haters in your life, if you've got people who are intent on destroying you, what do you do? How do you handle that? How do you come back from that? So before we jump into the episode for today, just want to remind you that we have our Monday morning get up. If you want to start your week with elevation, inspiration and motivation, come join us on the channels on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook for the Monday morning get up 15 minutes of elevation, motivation and inspiration designed to get you rocking and rolling for your week. Make sure that you do that. We also had a summit earlier this year called the Story to Stage Summit. And that summit was designed to help people figure out how to generate more visibility, how to attract their idea clients, and ultimately up-level and increase your income based on those things. So it was a fantastic time. And if you want to grab the replays of that, make sure that you head to that link that's right below me, storyskills.club forward slash summit. That's storyskills.club forward slash summit. Lastly, if you want to get the audio version of this podcast, go to what's my story podcast dot live. I hope that you're not driving in your car and listening to this or watching this. I hope you're listening to this, but I hope you're not watching this. There's the audio version of it. And all you need to do is go over to what's my story podcast dot live. And we'll make sure that we give you the safe version that you can listen to and up-level yourself. You know, car, auto universe, automobile university. We want you to get that, okay? So let's jump in to our episode for today. Our guest, Alex Tremble, is a Leadership Center for Excellence 40 Under 40 honoree. So I guess you know that he's young, right? He's an award-winning speaker, author, leadership expert. He's the chief culture officer for America's second largest national conservation corps. He's also the founder of the GPS Leadership Solutions. Let's have a conversation with Alex Tremble. <laughs> Alex, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. You know how cool you are? <laughs> Why is that? You need to watch your own your own show. I hope you're watching your own show. 
Um, look, as I sat in the green room, as things were getting kicked up, you know, you was playing that funky music that had me grooving, first of yes. all. Um, that the music was off, 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 off the jump. And then you, you just have an energy you bring to the table. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Wow. I appreciate that, man. Listen, I'm trying to get myself awake most of the time. That's, that's, that's what that is. <laughs> I figure if I yell loud enough, I can't go to sleep. <laughs> so that's what's happening, man. So listen, what's most, what's the most exciting thing that's happening in your world right now today? Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Well, I, I have to say, uh, I had a birthday, wow. so um, yeah, I'm still under that forty under forty. So I, okay. I'm, I'm starting to push. I'm pushing the. <laughs> I'm pushing on there, um, yeah. but honestly, what's really cool is so uh, my podcast, the Executive Appeal. Mm -hmm. I started that podcast off intentionally to help leaders wanting to be. Um, ambitious leaders who wanted to go up the leadership ranks and, and achieve more success. And as you talked about, um, ultimately achieve more income, right? So you can take care of your family, your friends, and so on and so forth. Um, and so I brought, I created this, this show, The Executive Appeal, um, to bring leaders, executive leaders, successful leaders from all these different industries together to share mentoring and career advancement advice, right? And so it's really cool. It was taken off. And then companies started saying, hey, would you be willing to kind of host an executive appeal conversation for us? And that's what's been so cool recently, just going into organizations and actually leading fireside chats um, with their leaders to help them mentor and grow their internal um, bench within the organization. So it's really cool. Wow. So I, I want to jump into why leadership in, in just a few seconds, because a lot of times when we think about leadership, right, we look at our country. United States, we look at the elections, we look at the people who are the presidents, uh, at least the last couple. And, you know, well, yeah, be before them, we had Barack Obama, but uh, we look at the leaders in, in countries, and typically, they are 60, 70, <laughs> 75. In this case, we're rocking on to 80. Now we're, we're we're getting into eighty. I mean, what at your age mm -hmm. would you be able? Do you think you're able to? Let me actually not even ask it that way. Well, let, let me ask it another way. When people who are in leadership positions in organizations see you come in in the door to deliver a leadership conversation or discussion, how do they typically respond to you? I, I think that is a great, great, great. Great question. So the first thing I would say is, uh, look, leadership and success is all about standing out. Uh, I'm going to be real with everyone right now. Um, I'm not the smartest person in the room when it comes to leadership development. Um, just as you, whoever you are right now, is likely, you're not likely the smartest person in the world doing what you do. Um, you are where you are because you stood out some way and someone said, I want to bring you to the table. And so we, we, we tend to think about leadership as, oh, I got to wait till I'm this age or I have these gray hairs, whatever it may be. Um, but really, I, look, I see you, but 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 <laughs> we, we still know you young, though. That, 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 that's a, wait, you, you color your, your yours gray. Um, <laughs> but what no, happens I, I do it in is, reverse. I do it backwards. Exactly. Distinguish, distinguish. It's all yeah. about standing out. So when you're a younger individual and you have the ability to step into a room with other leaders, you stand out immediately. Right. And so the, the, for good, for good reasons. Right. Because now you, you have the floor, you have the ability to be heard immediately. Now, the question is, what do you do with that? 
right? For me, because I started off my career as um, uh, the program manager for executive leadership development uh, for the U.S. Department of the Interior, right? For a federal agency, a cabinet level agency when I was 23. So I was extremely young walking into this room with the government's most senior level executives. And what did I have to do? Yes, I could be my 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 cheery, funny self, but also I had to make sure I carried myself in a way that immediately once I started speaking, they didn't turn their ears off, right? And so you're, you're right. There is, the, there is a huge benefit of being young, of being different and being in a space, but you have to follow that up with the content and the knowledge so people don't immediately turn you off. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So let's let's back up a little bit. So you mentioned, number one, that you were in a space, a government space at 23 years old. I want to talk to you about a story that, that you shared with us beforehand where you were in this space and you somehow acquired a hater. You 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 magnetized a hater to yourself. Let's talk a little bit about what you were doing that caused somebody to sip on the haterade and come for you. Yeah, man, um, I, I appreciate you you bringing that topic up because this is something I love to talk about. Um, the reality is, is is just from jump. Everyone needs to know this. If you plan on being successful. Yeah. That means you're planning to stand out, right? People who are successful stand out. We see people who are successful and that means someone is going to hate on you. <laughs> you're going to become the target of someone. Um, and so in this situation, unfortunately, that was not the case is I was, I have always been someone who was very comfortable advocating for myself and putting myself in different places and spaces where I can learn, grow, and ultimately provide value to others. Yeah. Um, and what I had been doing in this situation was my, my boss, my mentor at that time was an executive and she brought me on. She introduced me to games. She introduced me to all these senior level executives. She allowed me to take on these massive programs and projects that allowed me to build a reputation of a of someone who gets things done and who could be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all well and good. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, as long as I just keep providing value, providing value. And so I would meet more and more people and pe- more people knew me. And what would happen is sometimes I would be invited to a meeting that she wasn't invited to. Wow. Or, or, or sometimes we'd be walking together and some influential leader would say, hey, Alex, how you doing today? And I would say, oh, how you doing? And we keep walking. And over time, unfortunately, a, a jealousy popped up because there was, a, there was a thought that, oh, Alex must be too big for his britches now. He, he doesn't understand where he is. How can he have access to people and places and resources that I don't have access to? And it was funny because I was so young. I was so... I was, I was so innocent um, and naive. I, I just felt like, hey, as long as I'm doing these things to help that person, then it's, it's not a problem. Right. Um, but what you realize is that it doesn't matter how nice you are, how much you want to provide value to others. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, if, you, you're, if you're the most selfless person in the world, that doesn't stop people from being jealous of you. Wow. And so you, you have to understand not only now how to become successful, but how to remain successful, how to navigate difficult and complex relationships so you can build the support. So when someone does come after you, you don't have to defend yourself because someone else is going to step in and say, nah, no, 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 I know Alex. No, no, I know, I know Janice. I know Thomas. Thomas wouldn't do that. I don't, I don't appreciate you talking to Tom, about Thomas like that. So that's what you want to garner. 
Yeah. So let me ask you, when when you're in a situation like that, a lot of people find it challenging to stay in a situation when the, the when hate is happening, um, especially if something happens where your name is brought up or somebody just tries to to slander your name. What do you do when somebody is really intent on hurting you? or making it seem as if you're less than minimizing you, diminishing you. What do you do in those circumstances to really keep uh, your reputation or from being sullied or keep your, your name, keep yourself in a, in a path of success when you're in those situations? Oh, again, again, another really great question. Um, I'm not sure if, if you've ever, or any of your guests or, or uh, listeners have ever had to drive on ice. Like, have you ever been driving and you caught a patch of ice, you know, some black ice, so on and so forth, you'll start flipping out of control, right? It's very, very dangerous. Um, but anyone who who knows how to drive in those conditions knows that the first thing you do when things start going crazy and out of control, you got to remain calm. Mm. You got to steady your hand. You got to keep the wheel focused and directed to where you want the car to go. The same thing happens when you have individuals coming after you. The first thing you got to do is remain calm because you don't want to react out of pure emotion. Why? Because generally speaking, the pure emotional reaction is not going to be the reaction that's best for your safety, like driving the car, or best for your reputation and your future. Ultimately, you need to decide on the front end. Who do I want to be seen as? What are my goals? What are my aspirations? What are my what what inspired me? What are my values? Right? Identify that stuff on the front end. So when you are in those difficult situations, you can take a step back and say, hold up, how am I going to react? Am I going to react in a way that is purely based off emotional? Get me, I'm gonna get back at this person because they said something crazy to me? Or Am I really focused on reaching this senior level leadership position? Am I, am I focused on building some other relations over here that if I if I fire back and this someone shares this email or someone shares the conversation I had with someone, is that going to make me look bad and make it more difficult to, for me to reach my goals? Oh, <laughs> well, then I'm not going to do that because I'm focused on keeping me safe, me and my family safe and moving forward to progress to, to reach whatever goals it is that I've set up for myself. How do you handle being or remaining in the same space with your haters while also being productive and still moving towards because just now you talked about still having that focus and that goal and being focused on that but that can also be challenging if the people that are making it difficult for you especially if you've had experience where they've already taken you through the ringer a certain situation and and you know it's it's been resolved but they still they are still there. They still remain in that same space with you. How do you handle being in proximity to your haters and also being moving forward? Um, I, I'm a storyteller, so I, I apologize if you're throwing these in here. Um, so, so when I, I interviewed for my podcast recently, she's a super successful executive and her daughter has um, has. Oh, my God. I think it's Rett's, Rett's syndrome. And it's a really, really difficult syndrome to, to live through. And, and I talked to him like, hey, I always see pictures of you smiling. I always see pictures of you and your daughter happy. Like, how do you do that? Are you, are you always that happy? And she says, well, you know, 
when things first got difficult, that first two, three days when we found out that she had the syndrome, should I just cried my eyes out. I, I, I thought I wasn't sure how it was going to progress. And I, I, I just, I, I was, I was, I was, I had nothing. Right. But then she said that third day, I realized that in order to help my daughter, I can't put myself in a situation where I'm bitter and sad and no one wants to be around me because I need my husband. We need to work together intentionally to help her success, be successful. I need my friends. I need that support network. So what ultimately became about her keeping her energy is required so she could reach her goals, regardless of how, how, how messed the situation is. And then I asked her, well, do you ever, does it ever get hard? She says, absolutely. Absolutely gets hard. That every once in a while, I do lock myself in a room and I cry. But I have to yeah. pick myself back up. And I share that to say, for anyone who's going to sit through situations like this, to realize that you don't always have to be strong. You don't always have no. to be strong. I'll tell no. you, I was, I was literally, this had been going on for so long that I had literally started looking for a, a job as an English teacher in China just yeah. because I wanted to get away. I needed to get out of that situation. But even as I was doing this and I was planning my escape, <laughs> um, I also had to, again, remain calm, remain focused on the end goal. So if I know that I want to, uh, I want another opportunity, I started meeting people. Again, 70% of jobs are not shared on the internet. Yeah, 80% of jobs are filled via the black market. What's the black market? It's relationships. So you have to be focused on building more relationships in those situations. And so that's how I actually met the director of the National Park Service, had a conversation with him. And he ultimately said, hey, look, I'd love if you come and meet me in my office with some of my leadership. I met with them 15 minutes in that conversation. He offered me a job. So wow. you can, yeah, you can have those feelings. You can feel down and experience it. Yes. But you can't let that stop you from reaching your goals, because otherwise you're giving that person who obviously does not like you, you're giving them control of your life. I'm not about that. Wow. Wow. I want to jump. I want to start turning the wheel to to where you are right now and how some of those experiences have really shaped how you operate now with your leadership academy and the books that you've written. But before we do that, let's take a quick word, quick break for a word from our sponsor. If you want your merch done right, if you want your t-shirts, your, your pocketbooks, your cups, your pens, your magazines, if you want to make sure that your message is shared in a way that's valuable, make sure that you connect with my people at Press and Sew. Go to PressAndSew.com and they'll get you right. Make sure that you tell them RK3 sent you. Let's jump back into to the interview. All right, my friend, let us continue here. So you've had this person that and it can be weird when somebody who is more experienced and older than you operates as your hater because you're kind of like well dude you're I, you're supposed to be my mentor 
<laughs> right? That that could be a little bit a little bit weird. So as you as you move on now, um, what would you say are the one or two biggest lessons that you took from that situation and are now applying and are teaching people? Oh, absolutely. The first one is is deal your well before you're thirsty, right? Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, the reality is is that I didn't get myself out of that situation. I did not pull myself out of that messed up situation. Other people who believed in me, other people who wanted good for me, found ways to help me, help reposition me for somewhere else. Again, I, I love talking about people, asking people, you know, how, how much does it matter what other people think about you? And a lot of people say, nah, I don't matter what people think about me. I'm myself and the world, blah, blah, blah. And I'm number one, whatever, YOLO. Um, that's BS. It's 100% BS. Um, my, my man's right here, this phenomenal um, host. It matters what you think about me because you could have easily said, no, I don't want you on the show, Alex. Um, whoever, if you're employed, if you're employed right now, it mattered what your supervisor thought about you because they didn't have to hire you. If you're a business owner, it matters what your customer thinks about you because they don't got to buy from you. Um, so it, it's really important to dig your well, build those relationships before you need them. Because once you're in a messed up situation, you need people to know who you are, your integrity, you're trustful, and you need them to be able to, willing to be able to step in and say, no, that is yeah. not who he is. That's not who she is. Let me help this person move somewhere else. So that's the first thing. And a lot of what I do now is teach um, specifically, I love working with people who are from underrepresented communities because we are not the ones who are generally taught how to navigate these political work environments. We've been taught and it's been, you know, put into us, work hard, work hard, just work, keep your head down, work hard. One day you'll, you'll find out, people will see you. How many people do you know work real hard Yeah. and are not where they want to be right now? How many people, how many of you are working real hard but you're not where you want to be. So it's not just hard work. It's something much more. And what, again, what I focus on is teaching people those skills. That's what's more to help them stand out and navigate those difficult relationships. Wow. So you've got you've got some books or you, you have some resources that you've created to help people with some of this. I, I talked about the name of your company at the beginning, and that was GPS Leadership, GPS Leadership Solutions. Tell us a little bit about GPS. What what is it? What does it stand for? And because we, you know, we we all, or is that a secret? Is it a secret? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, everything is, is so cool how they, like life has just positioned everything around me to focus on one thing. Um, when I'm talking about being successful, whatever success means to you, there's three things you need. You need goals, you need to plan to reach those goals, and you need the stamina to overcome those obstacles and hurdles that will undoubtedly come in front of you. It will happen. So you need those G, goals, P, plan, S, stamina. Um, my books, um, uh, The GPS Guide to Success, that is all about developing a strategy to reach your goal and how to identify reaching your goals. Um, reaching Senior Leadership, that was the second book. That one's specifically on the leadership skills and the influence skills that you need to navigate your workplace to make sure that you can, well, again, whatever industry you're in, you can use these skills to be successful and build those relationships. My podcast, The Executive Appeal, intentionally brings on successful leaders from many different sectors to teach you how to 
again, when I say you, I'm talking about everyone, but specifically people from underrepresented communities, how to navigate the workplace so you can reach the goals you're interested in. Everything I focus on is helping those individuals who are ambitious, who want more in life, but they're frustrated because they, they, they're working hard. They, they can't figure it out. That is what I'm focused on, is teaching people those skills, relationship building skills, the political savvy skills, and so on and so forth. Wow. So you're not you're not 40 yet, as you said earlier. <laughs> you just kind of brought that out to point out that you're younger than me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so you're not 40 yet, but you're still in a space where you, Alex, can be a mentor to to other people. I think one of the things that you just mentioned was um, tilling your well before you need it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or building. What would you, mm -hmm. you say? Building or tilling? One of the two. Digging. 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 There you go. Uh, you're well before before you need it. How do you help others build their well, even when you may be not at a space where you feel you're in a senior position or in a place of, I'm using air quotes here, wisdom or experience to 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 warrant that? How, how do you um, position yourself as as a mentor, even at an earlier age? I'd I position myself. <laughs> Mentors, mentoring is really weird. Um, I'll yeah. tell you this. Um, so one of the things I do for organizations is help them um, reconfigure and or develop mentoring programs. Again, it's mm -hmm. about getting those individuals in the proximity and space of those decision makers, because that's who makes the decision, who gets selected. Um, but it's so funny when you when you when you um, are asking for mentors and you asking for mentees, mm -hmm. how many people do you think percentage wise apply to be a mentee? How many people do you believe apply to be a mentor? Very Less few people. Than, yeah, than mentees. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, many more mentees than mentors. Um, and that's because most people feel there's a weight to becoming someone's mentor. There, there's a feeling, oh my God, I get, do I have enough time? Do I have enough uh, uh, energy? Uh, what if I don't do something right? Their, their, their career is is on the line if I don't do something right. So being a mentor is can be very heavy. And right. so what I tell people, I, I'm gonna tell people to do the same thing I do for my mentors, right? I don't ask nobody to be my mentor. Mm -hmm. I just don't. My wife, um, it's just, maybe this now sounds really weird. I never asked my wife to be my girlfriend. We just hung out, liked each other, kept doing it over and over and over. And after seven years, we got married. Wow. Um, <laughs> so it's the same thing for a mentor, which is I don't ask people to be my mentor. I just keep hanging out with them, right? Mm -hmm. Keep calling them. Keep email, ask them for advice. What would you do here? Can you help me with this? Can I get your perspective on that? And ultimately over a period of time, that mentoring relationship just develops, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's what I recommend for people trying to look for mentors. I mean, there's, a, there's a whole system I have in place for helping you identify that. I call it the, um, the 4C model, the 4C relationship model. But for me, mentoring others is the same way. Um, I just want to have a relationship and help others. But again, I'll tell everyone right now, I'm, I'm going to underscore this. When you're talking about mentor-mentee relationship, the burden, the burden falls on the mentee. Mm, the okay. mentor should hopefully give of themselves, but the mentee needs to be the one engaging because they want to learn. They want to. You want to learn. So you need to be putting your foot out there saying, hey, how can I learn from you? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, let's, let's, let's wrap this. I mean, we could talk about leadership stuff 
all day long. That's one of my passions. We we do our company does a lot on leadership communication, and we we could talk about that uh, as well. But I want you to just share with people where they can find more about you, how they can connect with you, how they can buy your books and get get leveled up and skilled up in this area of culture and and leadership. Thank you so much. Look, um, honestly, right on below me, alextrumble.com. That is the easiest way to find out everything about me. A-L-E-X-T-R-E-M-B-L-E.com. There you can find my LinkedIn page, my YouTube page, where I put on really great content on YouTube. There's a lot of um, content, again, specifically focused to help you stay motivated and encouraged to move forward. Um, uh, the podcast, uh, executivepill.com. You can find all of that by visiting alextremble.com. And again, I'd love to come and help you and your company in regards to speaking and workshops and so on and so forth. Fantastic. Alex, listen, hang out in the green room for just a few moments. So glad that you were here today. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and for sharing your story with us. I don't know about you, but sometimes we walk through life and there are these challenges that we navigate. And as we navigate those challenges, we look to see how we can create success. And the more that we move towards success is the more confident, the more happy that we feel. But one of the things that comes in the way or gets in the space sometimes that we may not expect is a hater, is an obstacle, is someone or a person that decides that they don't want you to reach that level of success. It's kind of like that crabs in a barrel mentality. How do you navigate that? How do you deal with that? Well, as Alex said, one of the things that you want to do is, first of all, remaining calm and not worrying so much about the person where they will drive you to an emotional space. The second thing that you want to do is make sure that you dig your well before you need it. Seek to create relationships before you need it. Seek to show people of varying experiences, of varying ages, seek to show them who you are so that when you are at that space, when you are up your ladder and you, uh, you, you, you attract a hater, they can stand in for you and they can stand up for you. All of this is gonna be just one of your experiences. All of this is going to be that fodder, that meat that makes up your story. And as we say at the end of every, every episode, Everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story. Yeah, your story. It deserves a stage. So get on out there and tell it. I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.